Joining us today, my very good friend, Wes Mack, on the phone with us from his apartment in Vancouver. Uh, find more about Wes at westmackmusic.com. Uh, that's where you can find tour dates and information about the new record, Soul, that came out October 25th. We're here to talk that today. How you doing, buddy? So you're at your apartment in Vancouver. How do I picture this? Are you on the bed, like, spinning the phone cord around your hand like a 16-year-old girl when we were young? If, if that is the best, I think you should imagine that. I would go with that. It's, it's, How are you, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, all, is, all is well. How are you? How's life? I, I'm doing good, and I'm excited to talk about this record, buddy. Uh, I, I was listening back to our last conversation, uh, which was, I believe, a few months back before the record came out. So now it's time to talk about the fact that this thing's out now, man, and people can get their hands on it. So tell me how that must feel. It, it feels really, really good, um, which I realize is kind of the bland answer. But it, it feels like something I'm really proud of that I worked on for a long time, and uh, like unexpectedly good. You know, in the in the run up to it, I I, would, I don't even think I was that excited because I feel like um, I finished the creative on this like quite a while ago. So to me, it's like it's been fairly sealed up, and it was more about like you know, creating little promotional videos and, and marketing questions that like aren't really my favorite thing to deal with. But weirdly, as of like the in the in the like hour leading up to midnight of when it dropped, I all of a sudden started to feel like, oh, I feel like it's like Christmas or my birthday or something. And uh, the effect, uh, it really continued it like on the day of lunch day now for the last like week and a bit. Um, it felt really cool to just have it like, I, I no longer expected any like, I wasn't waiting for the positive on this because this record to me was all about just making something that I was really proud of and music that I cared a lot about. And so like that, that I'd already ticked that box off ages ago. Um, but having it out there uh, has been really cool to hear people come back at me and say, like, Oh, this is my favorite song. I love this part here. And like, wow, you really like did, did this here, like things that I expected, things I didn't expect. And just getting that feedback um, I think has been, more unexpected on this because I, I really tried to put that out of my head in making it. Um, so I wasn't waiting for the like, I like this or I don't like this, but like uh, undeniably, you know, you make, you make a piece of art uh, having people tell you that they like what you did or that it affects them in some way. I totally, I, it feels great. It feels, I think the number one thing I like about it is that this, these little pieces of whatever that I made are finding a place in someone's life. And I hope that, like, when I look at my favorite music, um, it often is tied to a memory. Like, there's, there's one record that I specifically remember uh, and that I listened to it when I was 17 years old. And I, I can just tell you, like, exactly, like, where I was sitting in the room for each song. Like, the memory is really, like, tightly crafted like that. And to feel like something that I made could possibly, like, be involved in someone's life in that way really uh, makes me feel special and makes me feel weirdly infinite you know and that it's something that'll outlive me regardless of whatever i do for the rest of my life this is like a thing that i put out there like shy of the world being destroyed by like a comet or some weird like electromagnetic event that destroys all the music at all so you know shy of those things we're good you gave me an awful lot to unwrap there buddy but uh, uh off the top uh you did uh, strike a memory chord in me really quickly there because you've described songs before songs you've created as something you're immensely proud of but the second they hit the world they no longer become yours and i feel that's kind of what you're getting at there yeah and i i really that that to me is still like a big theme uh and i think is the most liberating thing as a as a songwriter that you don't own it anymore 
it's not yours. Somebody else is going to hear it differently than you did. And let that be the coolest part of it. And that it's like, it, it, I'm sure there were people that will like find more meaning in some specific spot of a song than I ever possibly thought was there. And that's so cool to me because then it's like almost collaborative. You know, you're, you're, you're working with the person listening rather than for them. Now, you mentioned the reactions. Does, does one or any of the reactions to the album stick out to you that you saw? Yeah, yeah. Um, one, 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 one guy I won't name, but he's like a pretty powerful dude in the industry, but also like a big music fan. Just sent a note to me saying like, "Oh, I like I teared up when I listened to this song, like this part of it here, and like when I wrote that specific part, I remember tearing up as well. It was just like something really personal, and I was like, ah, oh, that's like." just means something to me that was like, oh, cool. The, those, those changes of chords and that turn of a few simple words uh, has some impact there. Uh, maybe, and maybe that's one that I predicted coming. Um, and it, not so much predicted, but like it's a similar response to what I felt. And so maybe that's justifying or maybe it qualifies how I felt there. But more than anything, it's just like I'm, I, I love the idea of someone like slamming a beer to one of my songs, but I also like the idea that like, a dude can can be reduced to tears by it because uh, uh, I that to me is like the, the the scope of what music should be able to do. Absolutely. What what's that old quote? Uh, a full day is to laugh, uh, to to uh, think, and uh, to have your emotions move to tears. Uh, that's a yeah. full day. I, I remember that quote. It stuck out to me once before. It feels like what you're getting at I like there. That. I really like that. Yeah, because you know, I think it's important to to like get something I really tried to write into some of these songs is like that life has fear to it and sadness to it as well and happiness and anger and like that all those things are, are good, you know, not, not like, in, like they're good in and of themselves, you know, and that's sort of what you do with them. But it's like, yeah, we're all these weird organisms bopping around the planet here. And I think sometimes you forget that like you need to have the sad stuff there as like the counterpoint to the happy moments in your life to make it all mean something you feel like impactful yeah did you did you get any reactions you might not have expected like fans gravitating towards one song or the other or just uh, something just out of the blue out of the ordinary um i've kind of loved a lot of people seem to like the song just getting warmed up which to me it was really it was really cool to just generally have people gravitating towards it and playing it and like sending me little snaps of them like listening to that song because that particular song almost got cut from the record and that like it was one of the earliest ones recorded and i i wasn't like wild about the recording of it we just kind of sat on it for you know the three years while i made the rest of the record and then we got to the end and i kind of gave it the like the never have i ever soul treatment of the like some of these later songs that i'd gotten into where i'd sort of changed the way i was looking at recording and the way I approached it was like, there's a John Frusciante quote I heard a number of years ago. He was talking about how he likes to make music and how in Freeman listening, he's the guitar player of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or he was back in the day. Uh, and he said, look, you know, when I'm making a record and I bring in a new sound, I like to make sure everybody gets to hear it, you know, because it's like you're bothering to bring in a new instrument or a new sound, like don't bury it, because then what's the point in bringing it in? And I found on, it happens a lot when you're recording these get a bunch of studio guys in there or, or, or however you're doing it, and you track all these cool parts. And if you track 10 cool parts over top of each other, you kind of have no cool parts left because they all block each other out and you don't really get to appreciate them. And I felt like uh, I remember listening to the chorus, which is getting warmed up, 
and it was really dense and all these like cool layers of steel guitar and like it's like a couple of keys sounds like and a couple of these like weird vocal synth things we did they were all buried on in, on top of each other and so i was like hey hang on like what if we strip the chorus back a bit and pull a number of these cool sounds out of it and sort of sprinkle them into other places in the song so the song didn't actually have the intro it had before that's just like pieces of the chorus that have been yanked over and put in front of it so it was really like built after the fact. And, and I, I kind of fell in love with the song at that point. I'm like, oh, cool, because now I get to hear all the stuff in the song that I wrote, that I like, uh, and, and you, each thing gets its moment. Um, so it's been cool hearing some people respond to that, and I'm like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm glad we like, took the time to pick that one apart and bring it back to life. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So if people respond in such a positive way to a track like that, and with only seven songs on the actual album sold, do you start to think about it as maybe it's gone from a song that might not make the record to a potential single? Oh, totally. And it totally gets in my head, because that's the kind of stuff... Uh, choosing your singles is a tricky process, and especially like you know when you put the record out later and you've already released a bunch of singles. Um, yeah, I kind of like the idea of crowdsourcing that information because to me, I can only try it. these days. My policy is like I can make a song fun, I can make a song interesting, I can make it emotional, whatever. I can't know if it's a hit, and I have no intention to ever like try anymore to be like this is the hit. But when you put something out there and you have a lot of people saying like, oh cool, this this one's resonating, this is the thing. Uh, then yeah, it's totally information that I'm like, oh yeah, maybe we should do that. It would be a, it would be an interesting idea to listen to the fans and, and see what happens there. Is is chart success still something that you're trying to achieve, or is that something that's even in your mind at this point? I mean, you can't deny that it's like in your mind. I think to ever like go one direction or other on that is like yeah, sure. Like, uh, uh, the the more chart success and the more general success anything has, the more people hear it, the more music I get to create, the more shows I get to play. So yeah, that that stuff's on my mind. However, um, I really try to uninvite that from the, like the actual creative process, like the the writing and the the producing of a song, because I just feel like it is really cart before the horse, and like trying to start with the idea of a hit and then back into that with a song feel left-footed to me it feels like a lot of my favorite songs that are kind of strange and like don't fit the mold for their genre or time era i feel like if they were written with the perspective of like cool let's look at the top five songs right now and write something like those then you would miss the like the coolest songs that have ever probably been written interesting now really quickly i want to go back to something you said you said if people like the music, the music charts more, you do more shows. Wes, I haven't seen you play in a show in a while, buddy. When are we getting a show from Wes Mack? I know. Well, that's the infinite question, isn't it? Um, I suspect with the album finally out that this like coming summer, you should be able to see me play some places. But like, um, yeah, that's 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 all the information I have on that at the time, unfortunately. Now, come on. I'm on westmacmusic.com right now. And when you click on tours... It says no upcoming tour dates, but there is a button that I'm about to press. It says ask to play in your city. Now, does this go directly oh, wow. to you or does it go to management? I didn't even know that button was on my list. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start hitting you with London and, and Woodstock and Brantford and Kitchener over and over and over this afternoon. So I want to know if it's going to you or if it's going to management. Is it? I, 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 I currently don't know where it's going. I hope it's going somewhere. I'm, I'm curious if it's all of a sudden going to like open up a camera in my shower or something like this, that. Well, no, this is more intriguing to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Mack, I'm now tracking you on uh, Bands in Town, and we'll see if I can... Oh, wow, it's linked to the Bands in Town app. There, there are things about my website that I don't even know. Admittedly, I'm, I'm like... 
I'd say a very tech savvy guy and like I'm clearly involved in too many things in my own career and directing and producing and writing all that stuff. But my website, there are some things about the back end of that that, you know, are going to be a mystery even to me. So that's good to know. <laughs> We're diving deep into westmacmusic.com right now. Uh, yeah. you, you quickly mentioned your video directing prowess. There is a video for the single uh, Best Hangover with Maddie Storville. Do you want to talk about that one at all? Yeah, yeah, that was fun to shoot. Um, that was, I think I was just trying to do something on that that was extremely simple. Um, that was maybe less of like a massive narrative and a little bit more of like, I kind of tried to take the same approach to that video as I have with a bunch of songwriting lately of like, I'm not going to try and be abundantly clear on this one. Like I know what I think happens in that video, but I would say it's kind of like, it's a little artsy and like open to some interpretation. And I like that. Um, you're all about that lately. Sorry. You're all about that lately. I am all about that lately, and I'm, and I'm all about that till the day I'm not. I'm always going to turn around and just be like, giving you the, giving you the hard narrative again. But like, I don't know. I'm just I'm 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 at a phase in life where I feel like um, I like to just try and trust myself a little bit and let whatever I'm making be whatever it's going to be, and not worry too much about the final product because I just I have this inkling feeling that like your your conscious mind is kind of worse than a lot of this stuff and your subconscious mind is like, I feel like if you just kind of let it, like sometimes I'll, I'll pick up a guitar pretty much every time and put like a capo on it on whatever fret I feel like play whatever chord I feel like there's no guidance to it. It's just like, let it go wherever it's going to go and just trust that like, yeah, something's going to come out of that. Uh, whether I like it or not, doesn't really matter. Um, so I tried to do that a little bit with a video, which was an interesting process of like, not coming in with like a super solid treatment and edit in mind. I was like, I think we're just going to find this one along the way. And it was honestly, it was a really like fun way to shoot that it was like a tiny crew, which I've said in the past, I've done the mega shoots with massive crews. And I, like I remember doing the, uh, before you drive me crazy music video, I had like 40 people on set, but her music video is like fairly large. Um, and it's just crazy, you know, cause you end up like, like sometimes it's totally justified and you need it just to achieve like a certain shot. But when you have that many people there, I find sometimes like the process of lunch becomes a bigger deal than getting the shot, you know, because all of a sudden you need like, cool, we got to figure out the catering for this and there's got to be this many like people. <laughs> and it's like, oh, cool. Now we're working food logistics rather than figuring out how to get this shot. And that to <laughs> me is like frustrating on set when, when instead if you can shoot with a crew of like five people, it's pretty chill and it's easy to put that in like, two cars and drive from one location to the next. So th this was a bit of that. Um, it also uh, was a process of, at the time, I didn't know if Maddie was going to be featuring on the track definitively. That was something that her record label was still toying with. Uh, and so when we shot it, all the stuff with me was shot before I knew if she was going to be in the video. Um, so you kind of end up, I, I, I came up with this sort of like loose narrative to it that I'm like, all right, this will work either way. Um, which I don't, which I don't mind exposing because it's like, uh, all these things like in art and music, you like to pretend that they all were absolutely, you know, a perfectly preconceived idea. But sometimes like I look at some of the stuff that my favorite artists have done and then you find out the story behind it and you're like, wow, like that's crazy. I didn't expect that. That's the reason that that was like that. Like, I'm going to tell you something. Weaver. Uh, okay. my very first like big music video duet that I was nominated for director of the year. And 
uh, 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 I think it was up for video of the year back a number of years ago, was in the process of that we had to fire the director who was working on it at the time uh, due to some crazy problems that occurred that I, I won't dig into every single detail of it. No, no, uh, please do. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so some of those details are a little, a little too deep and dark. Yep. Um, but yeah, I had to take over that shoot, and it was something that I was like, like underqualified to be to to do at the time. But uh, uh, we were working with CMT on it. I didn't want to disappoint them. I was this young artist on on video one. I was just I remember specifically thinking like, oh, I'm totally hooped. Like the budget's gone. Like everything's you know wrecked on this. And I was like, nope. I'm going to try and dig myself out of this. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to direct the rest of this music video. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to color correct it. I'm going to close caption it. I'm going to do the whole thing. And I remember getting like a small crew of people back together and taking the shots we had and like reshooting a second day and finishing it. And, and I remember submitting it and I remember duet all of a sudden charting and the being up for director of the year as, as I sat there nominated for that award for that, video i kind of laughed and i was like no one knows the like insanity that was behind this that when you finally see the product you don't realize that that's the case but like i think there's so many things like that where you, you watch in the entertainment business or just life in general and you assume everyone else totally has it together and it can make you feel you know like you doubt yourself but i don't know i think a lot of the world is is, is a lot of faking it till you make it and and just kind of figuring it out as you go and i try to take that approach you know, with music and with directing and with life and try to not take it all overly seriously, you know, take the things that need to be taken seriously, seriously. But like, I'm not saving lives over here. I'm, I'm hopefully trying to make a few of them better, but, uh, yeah. What a story. And I've got it open on YouTube now. West Mac duet with Carly McKillop, 181,000 views six years ago posted. We're just getting the backstory now. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told the folks at CMT a number of years after the fact. I was like, that was a nightmare. And they all kind of laughed about it. But like, wouldn't have been as funny if uh, the call was instead like, we spent the money. There is no video. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a thing. But like, you know, you get through it. And it honestly, like, I look back at that weird event in life as like, it was really negative and difficult for like a month. But that got me directing. Like, I, I had directed before that, but never on that level. Um, and that's what got me into doing like CMT videos. And like, you know, I, I think about like shooting Jess Moskaluk's video last year. Like there's no way that ever would have happened if that first event hadn't happened. So sometimes, sometimes you just got to jump in with the feed in buddy. Like you can go to two years of school to learn how to be on the radio, but I didn't learn how to be on the radio until I actually got on the radio. You know what I mean? Totally. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. You just, you have to dive in at some point yeah. and, and realize that like you will, it, it, trial by fire will ultimately be the thing, no matter what. No matter how much you've prepared for something, until you're doing it, you're you don't know. You don't know what you're doing. Exactly, exactly, dude. It's so great to catch up with you as always. Also, I just want to make a side note here. Uh, the record uh, Soul, which uh, came out two weeks ago, uh, runs 23 minutes with seven songs. We've now talked the equivalent of Soul. Uh, so I just <laughs> I just want to. The idea just popped in my head. Maybe we should start doing like. You know, on DVDs where they got the director's commentary, maybe we should start getting you to listen to the record with us, and then you can point out all the little changes and things you've made throughout it. I think that would be so interesting. I've thought about that a bunch. I would totally be down to do that. I I think that would be really interesting. No kidding. Well, I remember you were were talking about the song, and then you were talking about how you moved some stuff from the chorus to the beginning, and I thought, you know what? We should be doing this live over the track. It would be so interesting. Oh, dude, that's a, it's a really good idea. I, I would, like, me as a music listener, I, I love the idea of listening to my favorite artists, like, talk about, like, oh, cool, like, 
this thing here is actually like that, da, 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 and this guitar, like, I can tell you, if you listen for it, there's a guitar that comes in in like the last chorus of Soul, which was, I always called it my dream guitar. Uh, it's like the weirdest sounds I could put on things. I, I recorded it in my bedroom, and it is intentionally out of tune. It is the only time I did that on the record, and it's because I felt like by detuning the B string just a little bit, I would get this thing to stick out larger from the stack. It's not so out of tune. I, I think that it pulls you out of it, but weird little fun fact about it there. I feel like there'd be all kinds of little factoids like that. That's so uh, awesome. It's uh, like yeah. listening to a Pink Floyd record and trying to figure out where the gumball machine sound effect is. I like it. Oh, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. That's a little like it's the Easter eggs inside the music. Love it, man. It's great to catch up with you, man. Congratulations on this album release. It, it looks like it's getting across uh, great on my end, so it's nice to hear that it's doing the same on your end. Yeah, thank you so much, Ruth. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel very much the same on it. And it's like, again, you've heard me talk about it nine million times along the way here at various stages of it when it was like, oh, it's definitely coming out in 2017. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad that you're feeling that. And again, it's just like, nice to have that thing out there in the world and i am now i am working on album three in fact uh i'm actually further into album three than i probably was into like i'm definitely further into album three than i was into album two when i put out album one so it should be a it should be a like a lower delay between albums but you know uh that remains to be seen all right i was gonna say well i could hold you to that but holding to that is is not a good idea at this point based on our no, track record eh? bad idea. all right <laughs> you're a good man buddy uh, do, do the best. Appreciate talking to you. Soul is out now. Wes Max on the phone. We're going to let him go. Uh, thanks for your time today, my friend. Hey, it's my pleasure.